Hello, this is Jude from Newslawney.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 11th of February. Today, India registered 12,923 new coronavirus cases, taking the overall count to over 1.08 crore. The toll rose to 1,55,360 after 108 new deaths were reported in the past 24 hours. More than 1.05 crore people in India have recovered from the infection, taking the recovery rate to 97.26%. The number of active cases went up to 1,42,562. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Narendra Modi yesterday assured his Canadian counterpart Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, that India would do its best to facilitate supplies of coronavirus vaccines. According to a Prime Minister's office statement, Trudeau, who made a telephone call to Modi, said that if the world managed to conquer COVID-19, it would be significantly because of India's tremendous pharmaceutical capacity and PM Modi's leadership in sharing this capacity with the world. The Delhi Chalo farmers' protest at border points of New Delhi has entered the 78th day today. SB leader Vishambhar Prasad Nishad demanded a repeal of three contentious farm reform laws and pitched for a new law to make minimum support price mandatory for the procurement of agriculture produce. He pointed out that there is no special package in the budget for the farmers of the parched Bundelkhand region. Meanwhile, students of the Delhi University were allegedly manhandled by police yesterday during a solidarity march to support the protesting farmers. Members of the All India Students Association, or AISA, and students of DU raised slogans of immediate repeal of the three contentious farm laws and release of all arrested leaders. Rajasthan Chief Minister Ashok Gehlot yesterday targeted PM Modi over the farmers' issues, saying the government should give up its stubborn stand. He said, and I quote, In democracy, voters can be stubborn but not the government. Whatever is happening today is unfortunate, unquote. Defending the farm reform laws, Modi said yesterday that the private sector is as important as the public sector for development in a forceful endorsement of the role that businesses can play to distribute wealth and create jobs. Modi said, and I quote, Take any sector, telecom, pharma, we see the role of the private sector. If India is able to serve humanity, it is also due to the role of the private sector, unquote. Canadian PM Justin Trudeau spoke to Modi yesterday and discuss their commitment to democratic principles, recent protests, and the importance of resolving issues through dialogue. Trudeau's remarks were seen as an apparent reference to the farmers' protests against the new agriculture laws. The Prime Minister in December had spoken in support of the farmers, saying that his country will always defend the rights of peaceful protesters. This had evoked a strong reaction from India. New Delhi had even summoned Canadian High Commissioner Nadir Patel and told him that the comments made by Trudeau and others in his cabinet constituted an unacceptable interference in the country's internal affairs. As the government and Twitter continue to wrangle over the company's policies, Union Minister of Electronics and Information Technology Ravi Shankar Prasad warned yesterday that strict action will be taken against social media platforms that are misused to spread fake news and fuel violence, the Hindustan Times reported. Prasad said, and I quote, We respect social media a lot. It has empowered common people. However, if social media is misused to spread fake news, violence, then action will be taken. Be it Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn or WhatsApp. Action will be taken if these platforms are misused. Unquote. The union minister's remarks came a day after the centre reprimanded Twitter for not complying with its orders to take down certain content. 
Twitter was thrust into the center of a controversy last month after the government ordered the social media platforms to remove more than 1,100 accounts and posts, which the government claimed are spreading misinformation about farmer protests against the three new agricultural laws. The dispute escalated yesterday after Twitter refused to fully comply with the order, saying these demands of the government were inconsistent with the Indian law. It refused to outright ban the handles but imposed restrictions on some of them within India. The death toll in the Uttarakhand glacier burst has risen to 35, while 204 people are still missing. The rescue operation in Chamoli district of Uttarakhand has been halted temporarily after a rise in the level of water in the Rishi Ganga River, ANI reported. Aparna Kumar, Deputy Inspector General of the Indo-Tibetan Border Police, had said earlier in the day that rescue operations were underway inside Tapuvan Tunnel in Chamoli. She said, and I quote, there is a possibility that some more people could be stuck inside the tunnel. NTPC team is using vertical drilling to find their whereabouts. Unquote. ITBP's troops are helping to construct a bridge across villages disconnected in Chamoli and which will be used to transport ration. A glacier broke in Chamoli's Tapuvan Reni area on Sunday, which led to massive flooding in Dholiganga and Alaknanda rivers as bridges and roads were swept away. The scientists, however, say it is difficult to comment right now if climate change has been directly responsible for the February 7th catastrophe. Muhammad Farooq Azam, assistant professor at IIT Indore, told Ayans in an interview that the Nanda Devi glacier did not burst. He said, and I quote, There is no terminology in science like glacier burst, but we believe that there was a hanging glacier which slipped with rock and ice falling from 5,600 meters altitude. Unquote. At around 9.30 a.m. on Sunday, Godambari Singh was working with her mother-in-law in their fields in Rainy Village on the banks of Rishi Ganga River in Uttarakhand's Chamuli district. They heard a sudden noise, like an explosion. Godambari would later say she thought the sky had split into two. Looking up, Godambari saw the river rushing towards her, bringing stones and rocks along with it. As she stood there, her mother-in-law was swept away. In their home in Rainy, Godambari and her husband, Prem Singh, are struggling to come to terms with their loss. They've been inundated by visitors, neighbours offering condolences and media personnel asking Godambari to narrate what happened. There are dozens of villages like Rainy in the area, situated in the valley near the river and adjoining mountains. Sunday's catastrophe has left the residents of these villages terrified. Many no longer want to live there. Do read Ridhayesh Joshi's report titled, Living Here Isn't Safe. Villagers hid by Uttarakhand disaster want to be relocated. Dear listeners, it is only possible for our reporters to report on these incidents from the ground with your support. We are an independent news platform producing podcasts, ground reports, interviews, videos, media critique and much more. We would not be able to do all this work if not for our subscribers who fund it. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now is the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right hand corner of the website. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. Trinamool Congress Chairperson and Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee yesterday mocked BJP leaders for travelling on ruts as if they are gods, alleging that their political agenda was to divide people. At a public meeting in Raiganj in Uttar Dinajpur district, Banerjee took digs at the opposition party's Parivartan Yatras on self-styled ruts and accused it of spreading lies about Hinduism. Meanwhile, Union Home Minister Amit Shah today attacked West Bengal Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee claiming that Didi is only committed to welfare of nephew. 
while launching Parivartan Yatra from Kuch Bihar today, Shah said, and I quote, PM Modi is committed to the welfare of the poor, while Mamta Didi is committed to the welfare of nephew, unquote. He also stated that CM Mamta Banerjee is a failed administrator. He said, and I quote again, BJP's Parivartan Yatra is not for changing CM, MLA or minister. It's for ending infiltration, unquote. Shah also targeted the CM over her reactions to Jai Shri Ram slogans. He said, and I quote, If Jai Shri Ram is not chanted in India, will it be raised in Pakistan? Mamda Banerjee gets angry at Jai Shri Ram slogan, but she will herself begin chanting it by the time assembly polls are over, unquote. In Mamta Banerjee's Bengal, Bhaipo is the new nomenclature that's entered the political discourse. Bhaipo, meaning nephew, refers to Abhishek Banerjee, the son of Mamta's elder brother, Amit. It's Abhishek's meteoric rise in the TMC that's driven opposition parties in the state to refer to Mamta as Pishi or Aunt. With Abhishek being the only member from Mamta's family to enter politics, her government has even been dubbed the Pishi Bhaipur Sarkar or the government of the aunt and nephew. Unsurprisingly, Abhishek has now become a stick to beat Mamta with, especially for the BJP. Despite none of their allegations against him being proved, he's still an easy target to score political points. Do read Snigdendu Bhattacharya's report titled Why Mamta's Nephew Abhishek Banerjee is an Easy Target for the Opposition. The Supreme Court rejected activist Akhil Gogoi's petition against a Guwahati High Court order denying him bail in a case related to the Anti-Citizenship Amendment Act, protests in Assam in 2019, Live Law reported. The Krishak Mukti Sangram Samiti leader was placed under preventive arrest on December 12, 2019, after he staged a sit-in protest outside the Jora Deputy Commissioner's office. The National Investigation Agency, or the NIA, said that Gogoi had been booked for waging a war against the nation, conspiracy and rioting. Three days after his arrest, the activist was charged under the stringent Unlawful Activities Prevention Act. The Guwahati High Court had rejected Gogoi's bail petition on January 7th. He had moved the High Court after an NIA court denied him bail in August. On July 17th, the High Court had granted Gogoi bail in three other cases. They were related to the burning of a circle office, a post office and a United Bank of India branch in Dibrugarh district during the protests in December. However, Gogoi faces sedition charges in two other cases under the UAPA. Now let's move on to the international updates. Globally, the coronavirus has infected more than 107 million people and killed over 2.3 million, according to John Hopkins University. Over 59.9 million people have recovered from the infection so far. According to a Lancet Commission tasked with assessing Donald Trump's health policy record, the US could have averted 40% of deaths from COVID-19 had the country's death rates corresponded with the rates in other high-income G7 countries. The Commission condemned Trump's response to COVID, but emphasized that the country entered the pandemic with a degraded public health infrastructure. Meanwhile, the head of the UK's genetics surveillance program said that the coronavirus variant first found in the British region of Kent is a concern because it could undermine the protection given by vaccines against developing COVID-19. She also said the variant was dominant in the country and was likely to sweep the world in all probability. Sharon Peacock, director of the COVID-19 Genomics UK Consortium, said that vaccines were so far effective against the variants in the United Kingdom but the mutations could potentially undermine the shots. Peacock told the BBC, and I quote, What's concerning about this is that the variant that we have had circulating for some weeks and months 
is beginning to mutate again and get new mutations which could affect the way that we handle the virus in terms of immunity and effectiveness of vaccine. Unquote. Malaysia will extend its free vaccination program to all foreigners residing in the country, including students, refugees and undocumented migrants. The country is expected to begin its vaccine rollout at the end of this month, aiming to cover at least 80% of its 32 million population within a year. The legal fight over Britney Spears' finances and conservatorship is heading back to Los Angeles court on Thursday, days after a new documentary sparked widespread outrage after the controversial guardianship the pop star has been living under for years, The Guardian reported. The case centers on the legal arrangement that has given Spears' father, Jamie Spears, control over her estate, career and other aspects of her personal life, including medical treatment, for the past 13 years. Lawyers for the 39-year-old pop singer last year filed for Jamie to be removed as conservator, arguing in LA court she was afraid of her father and would not resume her career while he controlled it. In November, the judge in the case declined to remove Jamie but added Bessemer Trust as a co-conservator and corporate fiduciary. Thursday's hearing is expected to include a discussion of what role the co-conservators will play in overseeing Spears' estate. Conservatorship is a form of court-appointed guardianship that is typically used for elderly and infirm people or others who can't make decisions for themselves. The arrangement is often temporary, but Spears has remained under court control since her conservatorship was first adopted in 2008. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.